Welcome to the Chatter in the Box podcast, where your hosts, Liam Skiffington and Matt Indominico, discuss all things baseball. From breaking news to the latest free agent signings, they'll dive into today's game with some of the top minds from around the league. You can catch the latest episode of the Chatter in the Box podcast on Apple Music, Spotify, or Amazon Music, or visit our website at www.chatterinthebox.com. All right, we are live from Hadlock Field with Red Sox prospect Brendan Salucci. Brendan, how are you doing? I'm doing great, man. Thank you for having me. I appreciate excited. you taking the time. Um, so last year you got your first taste of double-A baseball up here. What was that like for you, and what adjustments did you make in the offseason to perform this year and prepare for the higher level? Absolutely. I mean, the biggest thing that everybody says uh, when you jump to double-A is that hitters are a lot more patient, um, they have better eyes, and, and they'll wait for their pitch. So the one thing that I really wanted to uh, do is – Focus on having a plan when I'm out there, not just go out there and throw my best stuff, but make sure that I know the hitter, I know what his tendencies are, and know how I can use those to my advantage, for sure. What would you say uh, as a pitcher is your biggest strength, and how do you use that to your advantage when you're out there on the bump? I mean, I think the the biggest strength that I have is the movement of my pitches. Mm-hmm. I usually get a good amount of movement on my sinker and slider. So being able to use both of those and uh, alternate them to keep the hitter off balance is something that's really helped me in my career. So you have – I don't know if you remember this, and actually – let me rewatch. You definitely don't remember this. <laughs> I interviewed you over the phone about three years ago okay. when you were you were still with Lowell at the time, I believe. Mm, yeah. Um, and I started a thing called Woo Sox Watch. It was when uh, the AAA team just got there, and I was legit nobody. You took the time, loved that. That's why I wanted to uh, reach out again. Mm-hmm. And I remember in that conversation, Brendan, we talked about a lot about mental health and your mm-hmm. approach to that. What do you do to prepare mentally for? all of this like i think um the biggest thing is that you're uh that we need to know is that you're never gonna prepare for to understand and like go through failure you're just going to have to be able to deal with it um and this is a tough game i mean you'll hear it a thousand times the best hitters get out seven times out of ten and um pitchers we all we all have our failures as well it's it's always tough when the guys put runs up on the board but it's going to happen and that's what we need to understand and being able to take care of yourself not only on the field but off the field so that you're in a good headspace and you're enjoying your day-to-day life as you go about this game uh, I think that's something that's really important, something that I try and take into my career every day so that if I have a bad game, if I have a good game, it doesn't matter. I'm going to come to the ballpark the next day the same guy. What do you tell yourself when you're in the the lowest of lows? So you know, he just mentioned mental health and the importance in the game. And we don't think from our perspective that it's talked about enough in baseball. Mm-hmm. So let's say you have you know an off day. Is there anything you tell yourself to pick yourself back up? Do you have a routine? How do you get back into the swing of it um, when you hit your lows? Yeah, absolutely. I, I like to journal a lot. Um, so what I like to do is so we're relievers. So in our careers, we're going to be called on maybe the next day after a bad outing, maybe a couple of days after a bad outing because of the fact that we need to throw more frequent, frequently and being able to journal and being able to like put it out on paper, uh, how I feel, what's going through my mind, stuff like that. I like to do that so that when this clock strikes midnight, 
like it's just a reset button. It's we get that stuff out, we come back to it if we need help or something like that or need to remember how we're feeling. But once it's a new day, it's a new day. We can't erase the past. Like so that's that. what I like. So to you think just about. put it all down on paper, mm-hmm. forget about yeah. it, close the, the frustrations, the page, man. Yeah, oh, that's any, good. Any frustrations, anything like that, get it out and then just leave it there. You awesome. know. Is this a daily thing for you, journaling? Definitely, yeah. Every morning? Um, so what I do every morning is uh, I'll actually share with you guys. I put down three goals that I want to attain the day. Usually they pertain to baseball, keeping care of my body, stuff like that. I have three chores that I like to do. First one's always make your bet because when you get out of bed, getting that sense of accomplishment, it puts you in a good headspace for the day. And like try and get a couple other accomplishments, things that I know that I can do to put you a little more confidence in your body. Like I can do the stuff that I set out to do. And then I do three pleasures, like things that like maybe like watch a TV show, have a chocolate chip cookie, something like that. Um, Just so that it's a balance of not feeling like you're always having to do stuff, but also you're able to enjoy yourself. And then after that, when I come back at night, what I like to read is, uh, or what I like to write down is something I did well today, something I could have done better, and something I thank God for every day. Wow, that's amazing. So, Brendan, you're bigger guy. You're <laughs> you you throw hard. What's your gym regimen like? So. <laughs> it's funny you say that because some of the guys in the Red Sox organization don't exactly like how much I'm in the gym. It's something that I've always kind of loved. It's been an outlet for me if I'm going through a rough time just to be able to let that energy out stuff. And I've always kind of had um, uh, above average work ethic when it comes to staying in the gym. So essentially, there's sometimes where they're like, hey, you need to get out of the gym a little bit, preserve your body. Um, Why do you think they say that? uh, They said just to just to take care of myself, not make sure I'm not overworking. And that's something that I've had to learn. I mean, we play 140 games. So through those 140 games, you can't be working your body to the max every day. And that's something that I've had to learn in my minor league career for sure. I think that's actually a good segue into one of my questions that I did have for you. Uh, load management. Mm-hmm. And I would like to hear now as a professional pitcher, yeah. your opinion on load management, especially at a younger age. Mm-hmm. So you look at guys that are maybe just beginning pitching 14, 15, 16, as again, the high mm-hmm. school, how important do you think it is to manage, you know, pitch count and mm-hmm. things like that when you're at a younger age to save your arm? I think what's really important is to know that it's okay to have very, very high intense days, especially at an early age, because we have a lot more energy. The one thing that like when I was in college and I was a 21 year old, I could lift every day. I could throw every day and I'd be Mm -hmm. fine. The thing is that isn't going to last forever. Mm -hmm. So I think what's important to know is that it's okay to have those really high days, but you need to make sure you have low days too. Days that you're recovering, days that you're resting, getting in the training room, stuff like that. So if you want to have a day where you go out there and you throw the ball uh, 300 feet, you get off the mound and you do a big lift, that's fine. Just make sure the next day it's not the same amount of work. So you're letting your body recover. Brendan, I see this tattoo on your right wrist. Can you explain a little bit about that to me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is, uh, it's, it's Still I Rise. It's a poem by Maya Angelou, and it's basically about overcoming adversity it's like at the end of the day no matter what happens to you still i rise i I, I, like i could go out there i could have a great game or i could have a bad game but at the end of the day like i'll rise i'll overcome any adversity that comes my way that's awesome that's a great little reminder i'm your uh love hand too right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. very cool very cool i love that um and you know we were actually talking about this on the car on the way up that uh, people say that making the jump from single a to double a Mm -hmm. is could be arguably one of the bigger jumps you actually make yeah um what advice do you have to those that are going through it? And then what are you doing to yourself to maintain your intensity, the level of play to hope that, you know, ultimately keep rising? 
Um, that's a great question. And I think honestly, a biggest thing is that you need to trust yourself. You need to trust your ability. It's a constant like battle to get better every single day. But the thing is you got here, you got here yep. for a reason. Yep. And I think one of the things that can happen is like you said, it's a big jump and that can be intimidating to some people and they could take their uh, foot off the gas a little or not be who they truly are out there. And I think it's important that you need to be yourself every day. You need to embrace what makes you, you, and just go out and give it your all every day. And if it doesn't come your way, it doesn't come your way. That's all right. But we yeah. move on. You know? Where do you get your wisdom from? You seem very wise. For so <laughs> yeah, I said the same thing three years ago. It was crazy. So, <laughs> so actually, it's funny you say that. Um, during, I, I've always been a big mental health guy. I've been through the ups and downs of baseball. I've, I had the yips my freshman year of college. I, I've gotten scholarships taken away, stuff like that. And uh, the biggest thing that I learned is I've been blessed with a lot in my life. I've been blessed with a good family, good friends. But that doesn't mean everything's going to be like, smooth sailing. And when you're able to figure that out, what I, what I, what I started to do is during the COVID, I started making little videos, uh, just kind of sharing like my thoughts on like, like just life, uh, like, like mental health, stuff mm -hmm. like that, because a lot of people were going through it uh, during the COVID and, uh, it started being something that I was really passionate about. So I have this little like side Instagram where I post motivational videos, stuff mm -hmm. like that. And, um, I just became obsessed with it. So I like to read mental health books, like get wisdom from them. And just like, I think the most important part is that we have a platform and I think it's a disservice if we're not using that platform to benefit others. So that's what I love to do. You mentioned your Instagram account. What is it? You can uh, away. A, <laughs> give a little shout out to yeah. myself. Uh, yeah. It's le letters by Lucci on Instagram. Perfect. And did that correct me if I'm wrong, did that evolve into a podcast? It did. So yeah. I had a podcast for a bit. And then the funny thing was, is that I just noticed that everybody started doing uh, podcasts um, around that time, too. And so I had a podcast. It was called Think Outside Yourself. And basically, the whole idea behind it was that I would take on people that I like like what they had to offer to the world i like their headspace stuff like that and we would just talk and we had a, there was about 10 episodes over the off season it was a lot of fun and actually a little sneak peek for you guys me and my buddies are kind of making it into a show that we're going to put on youtube which okay very, when, when should we expect about. to see that uh this will be this next off season we're working on it right now all getting right. all the uh we're being very proactive about it and i think it's going to be something really special i'm excited any other players involved in this no players uh, my uh, my best friends from back home so we all live in the same area, so it'll be really easy for us to get together. And Philly native, right? Yep. Okay. What is your warm-up song? My warm-up song? So I'm number 21, so I did Rich okay. Flex by 21 Savage okay. and Drake this year. Have you ever came out to Dreams and Nightmares? Um, if I When I make it to the pros, that'll, be, that'll definitely That's be, be the it. one. That'll all be right. the one, okay. yeah. Fantastic. So you're a reliever, so your preparation is awfully different than if you're start like us starters know the day they're starting. Yeah. You guys don't. Mm -hmm. What is your like in terms of watching film, preparing for specific hitters? What is that like? Um, I th so what we do is at the beginning of the week we go over all the scouting report, we go over the hitters, and then we have a binder up there. So usually what we'll do is if somebody's getting warmed up, we'll see those next hitters that are coming up or that we might have to come face. Remember like the cues. Remember how our stuff works compared to them, and then just bring that out there. But I, I think the biggest thing is just um, not as much worrying about who's in the box, but worrying about getting your mind right and your body right, um, so that. Like, it doesn't matter how good your stuff is if you're not confident out there. And and that's something that I've struggled with in my life, confidence sometimes. So I think for anybody that's a reliever out there, 
make sure you get your mind right so when you're out there you're a dog on the mound you mentioned you had the yips in college how'd you overcome that and what was it like specifically what like you just couldn't find the strike zone yeah so oh dude it got bad <laughs> I'll, I'll give you i'll give you the story of it so basically um i came into college and then i had one rough outing and then it rolled into another and another to the point where i was putting so much pressure on myself to throw strikes that i just couldn't it, it, it was a terrible feeling i feel like i i it, I don't wish that upon my worst enemies, but um, basically at the end of the year, uh, I had a really rough year. I didn't end up going to the conference tournament or anything like that. My coach said, we're going to take your scholarship away and um, I, I won't drop any names or anything like that. But when um, that summer, um, I, I, I promised to myself, I was like, look, you, it, you're draft eligible next year. I was a draft eligible sophomore. Mm -hmm. I'm not running away from this. I'm going to face it head on and come back and get drafted and get out of here. And that was, that was kind of like essentially like the motivation I needed a little bit. And I had that motivation. I went out and shoved during summer ball. I came back um, and I, uh, I, I was really confident in who I was and I didn't really care what anybody else thought. So essentially it was like a blessing in disguise and it really helped me get to this point in my career. What was that like for you? Like the day you got drafted after overcoming all of that, like describe uh, that feeling for me. It, it, it was it was nice because honestly, I didn't know which day I was going to be drafted. So I was by myself mm -hmm. and I got to kind of soak in that moment by myself and be like, look, there have been a lot of times where it's felt like you've been on your own. And, and, and there are always going to be people there that are with you when times are down. But there are times where we really do feel alone out there, especially in this game. And uh, being able to like kind of have the opposite of that and feel like, yeah, I'm alone right now, but. I did this. It, it was definitely a surreal feeling. That's awesome. So walk me through what it's like to be a minor leaguer, right? So we've also heard horror stories where there's guys bunked up sleeping on the floor. Yeah. Like kind of almost terrifying if you don't, if you're coming from outside the game, you don't really know what's going on as a mm -hmm. minor league player. What's, what's life like outside of the ballpark here? Um, I think the one thing that I, I will say to, about the Red Sox is that they do everything they can to make us comfortable for the state that we're in. I awesome. mean, they provide us housing, very nice housing, Good. and I, I don't really have many complaints at, at all. I, I really love the minor league life, getting to come to the field every day. The one thing that I do can't stand is sometimes the fans, they kind of treat us like we're circus animals. That, that, that's really? the, that, that's the, that's now, the way we are they Are they it. shouting certain things? Oh, yeah, 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 like, yeah. There's, we were in, um, last week we were away, we we're in Akron, and there's just this kid yelling, give me a ball, give me a ball, over and over for the entire game, and we're just sitting there like, oh, man. And, and that's the thing is, like, I think they fail to realize that, yes, we're at a professional level, yes, we're provided with a lot of things that other people don't have, sure. but we're still human beings at the end of the day, and uh, you you have to treat us that way yeah any crazy heckles that like stick in your mind throughout your career uh, I, so this is actually a good one that so i uh that sophomore year that i came back and i did really well i uh, my I, I was thrown really hard that year and um my walk-in song was gasolina there we go and i came yep. in and um uh, I, I came into a game and the first guy face was really crowding the plate and a fastball got away from me and it hit him right in the ribs. It got and away he, from you or? <laughs> no, no, no. It got away from me. I swear. Okay. Um, and the kids just like crumpled up on the ground. He's there. And I just hear from their dugout, you need to work on your controlina. And I was just like, <laughs> oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, I, I love the heckles. I, I, I like to embrace it. And uh, because, I mean, they're going to happen wherever you go. Yeah. So for the fans that do it and they come up with the creative ones like hats off to you are there any pitchers historically or even now that you 
would say you model your game after? I think um, from a mechanical standpoint, no. Um, I feel like I've always been kind of my own individual out there. But from like a mental standpoint, I watch guys like um, I've watched guys like Marcus Stroman, Jose Fernandez, guys that really look like they just have fun out there and they and they really just enjoy the confidence of being at like the center of attention um, on the mound. So mm-hmm. I think that's something that is really important is just at the end of the day, we're playing a game. So enjoy it. Be confident there and have uh, have fun. Brendan, what is your opinion on bat flips, all of that kind of stuff that's we're seeing so much more of at the major league level now? As a pitcher, like someone takes you deep and they launch their bat into orbit. What do you I love it? I, I think it's great. If you take me deep, bat flip that ball as high as you want or bat flip it as high as you want, but just know Next time you come up, if I strike you out, I'm stunting on you too. So it's got to be a two way street. I think if you want to incorporate that stuff into your game, you can't have, you can't be sensitive about it either. Uh, I was going to say, if you were to pick three pitchers all time, who would be your who would be your top three? Oof, I mean Randy Johnson's up okay. there. Randy Johnson got to throw in a lefty. Um, I said that on the yeah, ride here. That, yeah, he said you're going to pick Randy Johnson. Got to Randy Johnson. Right. Um, I'll throw Pedro Martinez in there. Yes, I love agree. Pedro and honestly, um, Max Scherzer too. I okay. love Max Scherzer. All right, you ready for the uh, twist? I'm gonna throw at you. Right. Start, bench, cut. Those three. All right, I'm gonna have to start Pedro just because of how incredible he was i mean randy too oh that's tough so i'm gonna I'm just say i'm gonna start pedro bench randy cut uh cut scherzer? Scherzer. Oh, yeah. yeah sorry scherzer my bad <laughs> don't kill me in my sleep awesome, man. I, I mean i'm good uh, i'm good man. I, i'm all right man appreciate you taking the time so much thank you guys this is great that's the way man thank seriously you. Thank we'll you. talk to you again this season. thank you man thanks, thanks. Appreciate your time. Hey. thanks, thanks guys bro.